Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast on Tuesday, June the 15th with me, Peter Watson. I'm joined today by Duncan Balkan, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hi, Duncan. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, enjoying the lovely weather we're having at the moment. It's nice, isn't uh, it? It is not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> so, um, what story caught your eye today in Watson's Daily? Yeah, so for me, for me the story that kind of stood out today was, was the story about the con- construction industry. And um, they, they really can't catch a break. I mean, they've, no. they've, they've, they've gone through this thing over the last year where they struggled to get hold of cement. They struggled to get hold of bricks. They struggled to get hold of steel. Uh, and now they're struggling to get hold of people, uh, which yeah. is probably the biggest problem of them all. So, I mean, you've got the problem where, uh, statistically, the, the workforce across the construction industry is ageing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... There's also called the skilled labourers, um, particularly EU-based workers. Uh, numbers are just dwindling, and, and they're really yeah. struggling to, to a keep staff and b get any more staff. Mm. And it's kind of interesting on a couple of fronts. I mean, firstly, the demand for construction at the moment is going up. Yeah, so many industries that kind of rely on con- on the construction industry to kind of obviously build stuff for them are, are, are asking for more and more work. And at the moment, they're sitting there go, "Well, we actually haven't got the staff to do it." Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a problem that's not just affecting construction; it's affecting hospitality as well. With with these with migrant workers um, leaving the country, essentially, um, mm. I'm not sure what we expected post Brexit, but you know, yeah. you, you might be able to forecast this coming. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah. So it's kind of interesting in that sense, but it's also interesting in the sense that you look at things like the, the housing market is going through the roof at the moment, yeah. and, and, yeah. and that's not going to get slowed down at all, is it? Because you've got a finite number of houses. We're struggling to build more because problems with construction. Mm. So the demand's going up, supply isn't really doing much, so housing prices are going to keep going up. And mm. I think, yeah, the whole the whole thing's just really interesting. Like I said, the industry just doesn't seem to be able to catch a break. Um, mm. you know, you, no materials, aging well, workforce and no staff. So Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's catching a break in the sense that, um, you know, there's demand. Yeah. Um, but it's not catching a break in the sense that it's all very well having demand, the demand, but if you can't supply then things get tricky. And mm-hmm. the other thing as well, it's a bit like, um, you know, we, we, when we were talking just before this call, um, you know, a bit like what's happening with, with cars, for instance, is that people want cars, but, you know, because of the, they can't supply the, these, these um, you know, the cars that people want because of supply constraints. Mm. It means that the longer that is, the longer that it takes to, to do this, and in this case, sort of build a house or build a load of houses, the longer it takes to actually do, the the higher the risk is that the purchaser, you know, the circumstances change for the purchaser and they go, actually, do you know what, let's just pull out or, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm. And and that in itself would give different problems as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting problem. Um, I mean, the, the industries themselves, they're saying that they want to have some sort of... Um, special visa uh i mean i think that ironically um the uh chairman of of uh, weatherspoons the arch brexiteer um was <laughs> calling for a um special uh you know visa exemption for yeah. for workers you couldn't write uh, this stuff could you <laughs> i know it's brilliant isn't it? and uh and then you've got um you know you've you've got other 
industry people, you know, from the construction industry, for instance, who are saying, you know, we also need exemption. Now, I think that that is clearly that is a, a short term fix because you'd then be able to get people immediately. Mm. Um, but at the moment, the Home Office is saying, well, no, you know, the whole idea is to try to encourage investments in British workers um but the fact is if people don't want to do it um you you know you, you can't you can't magic up a few um it's a bit it's it it feels almost a bit like you know british generally don't want to get their hands dirty in terms of uh, in terms of certain types of work i mean this this is again going back to it like the hospitality thing people don't want to become waiters or waitresses they see that as something not desirable to do whereas in other cultures like say in france for instance it's seen as something that is a you know you can do it as a career Mm. um so you know there's there's things like that same with um with construction i would have thought certainly certain areas of construction um whereby people think well no i don't want to do that because you know i mean that's that's just beneath me but you know the fact is is those it's those jobs that are in very short supply. Uh, sorry, the jobs are in plentiful supply, but the the number of people available to to be able to do those jobs is in very short supply. So it's just, uh, you know, it is a bit of a mess at the moment. Um, I think that they, I think that the government is going to have to relent at some point if if things get worse from here for a prolonged amount of time, because things like HS two and other other projects could. Um, be severely delayed as a result of this, I think. Yeah, and like, like I say, you, you've kind of got that, that double-edged sort of a problem where, like I say, a lot of people will not want to do these jobs. And, and we were talking earlier, some people were even, were even kind of threatened with these jobs, weren't they, as, as a mm. kid? If you yeah. don't study well, you will end up doing. Yeah. And, and so there's that kind of perception that yeah. it, it, if you end up doing that, it's such a bad thing. Well, it's not. It's a it's a perfectly it's a perfectly good job. Yeah. But then there's the other edge of where if people do want to do it, actually they're skilled trades. You can't yeah. just walk straight onto a building site and start laying bricks. So yeah. So you got the problem where, like you said, the the, the visa thing, the visa exemption might be a short term fix because actually mm. we can't suddenly just fill all these job, jobs with 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 British with domestic talent because actually they're not trained to do them. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's very much a kind of double-edged problem where, like you said, the, the visa exemption might be a short-term fix, but if they want to get more more Brits in, I think you're going to have to change the perception of the actual jobs for a start. Yeah, yeah. Um, get training people now, whether it be apprenticeships or putting them through colleges or whatever, mm. and probably increase the pay that's particularly with hospitality, increase the pay that's associated with those jobs mm. as well, because I think that's part of the reason why the perception of them isn't very good is because most of them are minimum wage jobs. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That's it. And that's speaking of someone that came out of hospitality as their first job. Uh, I yeah. w- I wouldn't have stayed in it because actually, yeah. if you want to buy a house, raise a family, that sort of thing, you can't do it on that salary. Just, yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. So what, what did you do? What did you do then? I was I was a oh, bar staff and then bar manager at a hotel. Ah, yeah, it was very my, nice. My first job out of school. Yeah. All right. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Um, so um, so yeah. So no, I mean, I think that's that is that is a. Uh, an interesting story that has got a lot of legs. I mean, mm. that is going to carry on for quite a while, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what story caught your attention this morning? Uh, absolutely blooming loved that story about <laughs> Lord's Town Motors. Now, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those uh, electric vehicle companies. It listed via a, you know, it, it, had, it was listed by a SPAC. 
Um, and it turns out that its um, figures ha- uh, for pre-orders um, were actually not right. They were totally fictitious. That's... Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that they sold way more than they said. Um, <laughs> you know, so as a result of this, the CEO and the CFO have both resigned. Um, and this is almost, it seems an almost exact repeat of what happened last year with Nicola. Now, for those who just need refreshing, um, <laughs> or Nicola, just want to giggle again. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or whether, you know, because some people might think, oh, who is this random person, uh, Nicola? Um, no, so Nicola is, um, is the name of a, an alternative-powered uh, a, a truck company um, that came to prominence last year because it, it was a lot of hype surrounding it. Um, the founder was a bit of a character <laughs> and a bit of a criminal, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, but, um, but anyway, he, he basically, he was talking about how it had um, proprietary technology, how it was absolutely amazing. Um, there were loads of things. I mean, GM got, got involved. They were going to do some sort of joint venture with them. Others had put in orders for them, you know, their trucks, which, which hadn't really been tested that much beforehand. So, I mean, it just, it was just snowballing. And then this company called Hindenburg Research did a massively damning piece on them. And um, initially, um, uh, Nicola, uh, you know, it, it actually um, denied all this stuff. Said, no, 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 what are you talking about? But then after about a week or so, they went, actually, yeah. Um, so they, um, the founder resigned and stuff, and it all just went backwards very, very quickly. Um, similar <laughs> oh, thing. You've actually, you actually that without mentioning the dodgy footage they put out. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know, I know. But uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's heard heard me talk about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the but I think this time round, Hindenburg did another hatchet job um, on Lordstown Motors, um, and again, it seems to have been right on the money because um, because, like I say, that these these um, chief, uh, you know, these these C-suite guys have had to um, have had to leave. Now, you know, by the way, as an aside, I would. Thoroughly recommend. I, I've again, I've no affiliations or anything like that. But Hindenburg Research. Now, I have um, read, um, I really countless reports in my time as a stockbroker. Um, I have never read <laughs> research quite like the research reports that are written by Hindenburg. Well, it is brutal, isn't it? They, they don't. They I, don't hold back. <laughs> I really think. I mean, if you. Of even vaguely interested in this sort of thing, you should read this this stuff because it is pretty uh, it is pretty amazing. Like, I mean, the, the title for this report is "The Lordstown Motors Mirage: Fake Orders, Undisclosed Production Hurdles, and a Prototype Inferno." I mean, that's pretty uh, pretty good. Um, what about the other one? Now, this is um, so. Last week, remember there was this um, was another one of these meme stocks was Clover Health. Mm. Well, they did one on them as well in February um, called Clover Health. How the king of SPACs lured retail investors into a broken business facing an active, undisclosed Department of Justice investigation. I mean, it's brilliant, right? So, I mean, if you think if you ever thought that this stuff is boring, um, I think that, um, uh, you know, I think you should give a read, have a read of these things. They're very good. Anyone can get, you can get on the email, you know, you could just put your email address in and they will send you these reports. Very interesting indeed. But anyway, going back to it, I mean, I think that, um, so Lordstown, 
they they overstated um, what they you know what they were doing, and this sounds like it is headed towards the toilet uh, in in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I I just think it is amazing that people are allowed to um, lie like this, uh, and I really feel that they people that do this should go to jail because mm. they are you know people are making big investment decisions on the back of this and they are just lying through their teeth and i really think they need they need the book thrown at them um so um so yeah i mean it, it is it is interesting but at the same time it is ridiculous that this is allowed to go on yeah i mean if, if nothing else I, I would agree with you in terms in terms of jail time, but if nothing else, they need to be held personally responsible for the, mm. the potential losses of the investors who they have lied to. Because it mm. is fraud, isn't it? You're you're getting people to invest based on based on a particular number of pre-orders, mm. and if that number of pre-orders is inflated and totally fictitious, mm. then the people that are investing haven't invested based on actual facts, and it's just. Mm. It, it, it's terrible, but it does. Mm. It does beg a question. We were talking about something earlier. It, like, is it possible now for a tech startup to get off the ground and get money in without bending the rules slightly? Because it seems mm. to be a pattern we keep seeing where, oh yeah, well yeah, we did do that actually. And mm. it's one of those. Is it because the marketplace is now so flooded with really big companies that you know they just they can't compete with? Are they in that position where actually to to compete, they're feeling like they're having to bend the rules slightly? Yeah, I mean, I I must say, I mean, I or clearly for for many reasons, I can't be very specific about this, but yeah. I do get the. I really think that you know companies can't grow that quickly, yeah, you know, that big that quickly, without um, uh, you know, kind of faking it till they make it. Mm. Um, at the very or just telling the doing the odd, um, dodgy dodgy thing here and there um because i can imagine that something like something like this will would be you know that i think it would be quite you know you're trying you can just imagine right you're you're you've got the idea for technology it's hot right now it's all good you're thinking yes this this is going to work but everyone else is so much more advanced than us everyone else has got more money than we have everyone else is is um you know attracting money and we need money to to go so We'll just have to, you know, give very optimistic projections and then hope that people buy in on the back of that. And then hopefully we can then back. I mean, it's awful. Isn't it? We yeah. can backfill on those promises. Um, and then, you know, and hopefully between now and then we can just keep our heads down and, and carry on going. But I mean, I, you know, it does make you think about SPACs generally and how investors should probably be even more cautious than they were in the past about SPACs and, 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 you know, investing in them blindly because um, they really do. It does seem that, that they, that, um, uh, you know, doing your due diligence on whatever the SPAC has invested in is absolutely key. Although you would also say the SPACs themselves, I mean, they're, they really need to be sorting out their, um, due diligence as well, because otherwise no one's going to believe in them. Yeah, absolutely, so... and, that, and that would end up being another nail in in the coffin of SPACs, wouldn't it? It would be kind of we're we're all, we've all been talking about whether they'll they'll continue to go from strength to strength or not, mm. and with more regulation coming in and stuff. And, yeah, and if the perception is that actually if you invest in a SPAC, you're going to end up 
ending up essentially investing in a company that lies to you, mm. people are probably going to be less keen to, to invest that way. Exactly. So. I mean, I think that, you know, SPAC is, is going to increasingly be a four-letter word. Mm. Um, I think, you know, uh, it's already a four-letter acronym. Um, so <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, it, there needs to be a lot of cleaning up uh, of, of, of you know going on here because otherwise um, SPACs are just going to get. It. I mean, they're already finding it harder um, to to find uh, to find stuff to invest in, and and the clock is ticking. So uh, it will be interesting to see uh, how, how that goes. Mm. But anyway, um, I do think there are some fascinating stuff. Uh, you know, bits pieces here. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, it's it's. I I actually I I was saying to you earlier. You you know you probably you think I'm probably a bit bit of a uh, bit of a geek here, but I actually love writing about all this stuff. It's so many interesting um, stories to put in Watson's Daily. Um, so I you know thoroughly recommend. Obviously, you know there's there's a lot in today's. Um, have a read. You know the it doesn't take very long. It's five to ten minutes. Um, and you know you can read this, and it feels you will feel the intelligence coursing through your brain, through your brains. You'll feel the intelligence coursing through your veins, is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> after, afterwards, uh, I mean before, obviously, but also afterwards, I think as well. Uh, but anyway, thank you very much indeed, Duncan, um, for today as always, um, and thank you to listeners for continuing to support us. And I will, well, I will. We will both be back tomorrow to talk about more exciting stuff. Thanks for having me, Peter. Take care. See ya. Bye.